Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Welcome back to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. It's Grime Ball here. My real name is Nate, for those who don't know, but if you want to call me Grime Ball, that's cool. So, Nate, I have to ask where we're recording this on a Monday. Uh, did you make it through yesterday without Chick-fil-A? So, actually, I was thinking about Chick-fil-A last night. And I feel like it's an every Sunday occurrence. And Chick-fil-A, I appreciate their morals and their they're just standing up for what they believe in. But honestly, Chick-fil-A, I'm a selfish son of a gun who wants chicken every day of the week. So how about you open your doors, okay? Yeah, I mean, I really think that they should at least have pre-made sandwiches. They don't have to have employees. They could just have vending machines and mm-hmm. just keep them warm in that good old vending machine. And you just stick in a couple bucks and out comes your chicken sandwich. Great idea. Well, welcome to our mic check. This is the time where we just check our mics. So, Nate, can you just uh, check? check? Mic check. Okay. Um, can you do a higher voice? Mic check. Mic check. One, two, three, one. All right, we got those highs, we got those lows, we're perfect, we're all set. So now we're all EQ'd and we're ready to go. What do you think, Nate? Should we dive in? You know what I say? I think our podcast is a lot like shallow swimming pools. Oh yeah? Just gotta dive in head first. And that's what we're gonna do this morning. (laughs) Or this (laughs) Or this night, whenever this is actually happening. All right, should we get into Spammer Jam? Yeah, let's do it. Welcome to Spammer Jam, fam. So Spammer Jam, we got three good tracks this week. Well, or maybe three bad tracks. I just mean we have three tracks. We'll let you know what we think. And uh, the first one, Andrew, I picked this one because I know I've tried every week for the most part to pick a country song because I just know how much you love country. So I'm just going to continue to put country songs and our spammer jam honestly just to cater to your preferences perfect so i'm sure you appreciated this track it's kane brown weekend andrew here's your opportunity to confess your love for country what do you think spammer jam well i don't want to get super predictable so here's the hard thing is that i'm i'm listening to country music because you're forcing me to <laughs> and and i'm trying to figure out uh, if there's any way that i can maybe one of these days give uh, give jam <laughs> I did go spam on this one, um, uh-huh. and, and I'll explain. I didn't mind the music part of country, which is always maybe the part that's better between the, the mm-hmm. music and the lyrics. It's catchy. The chorus just never ends, and it has the same idea of ending the same phrasing same way and it just feels like it's the longest chorus i've ever heard and i got so tired of it the literally the second time the chorus came around i could sing the chorus because it was that catchy but i also was like please don't make me listen through another chorus and he made me listen through i believe three more because i believe at the end they did a double chorus just to make me extra happy so lyrics are kind of whatever i feel like he didn't commit to the country style lyrically which was interesting to me there's times that he like talks about bass fishing but then he talks about (laughs) seinfeld in there as well watching seinfeld and my understanding is that i don't think that that's a country thing to watch seinfeld maybe i don't know old tv or something but feel like he didn't really know what he was going for lyrically i appreciated trying to break out of the, the normal country music lyric stereotypes but i felt 
confused lyrically. So it's spam for me. What did you think? I'm going to play devil's advocate and uh, give this a jam. I just, you know, I kind of vibe to this song. I, I definitely agree with you that the chorus was a little too overplayed. But overall, I mean, I find myself, I'd label myself a country hater as well. And for me to listen to this song and be like, ah, oh, that wasn't that bad. I mean, that's just a win for me. And so I liked the instrumental like you did, and I could vibe with it. I also think like I liked the message of the lyrics. Obviously, you can't have like a whole album of like, hey, like, let's just chill on the weekend because that's like not what life is. And yet I just when I think of the lyrics from this song, you know, it's just thinking of like hanging out at home with my wife or hanging out with friends just like relaxing and having fun and and enjoying life and it's just like a cool thing now i think country is too saturated in that like carefree nature but it did it in a more tasteful way for me so the next track is delicate by taylor swift don't be harsh andrew with your criticism please be delicate if you didn't like it do you say spam or jam I actually said jam on this one, maybe because Taylor Swift is no longer country. All of a sudden, I'm like, yeah. Um, jam, 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 jam. But, but I think it's a jam. It's kind of a standard enough pop song. Lyrics are honest enough. They were cohesive to me, which the last ones weren't. So, so yeah, I, I think musically, this is one that I did enjoy. Musically, the chord structure of the song, just general production of it. I think it's a jam. I like the song. I'm not crazy about the song, but it's to me a jam over spam. All right, Nate. Yeah, uh, chord structure. That was that was my thoughts that too. Was, I was like, yeah. you know, these chords are just structured very well. I almost didn't say it because I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna be stepping on Nate's toes if I say it. But yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you just said screw Nate. Yeah. Um, so in spam or jam specifically, I'm going to be very comparative. So like, just like I compared, uh, Kane Brown to the rest of country, I'm going to compare this Taylor Swift song to the rest of Taylor Swift. And I thought it sounded like a little bit better than average pop song by like a female singer. Like it, it like didn't like for Taylor Swift, who I think is actually really talented and creates some really catchy songs and real and really good songs i just felt like slightly underwhelmed so for me it's gonna be spam and that being said i probably think it's a better song than weekend by kane brown which is why i'm saying I'm kind of being too comparative but that's my thoughts sue me uh last song one republic connection andrew i know dan is are you a one republic fan already yes i like one republic which makes this hard this is spam this is also one republic spam so i'll do kind of what you did yeah a little while ago with imagine dragons which is saying compared to their other songs this is just okay it's probably better than 90 percent of other songs played on the radio but compared to what they're capable of this is just the easiest song it's also super short it's like not even two and a half minutes or something so it goes by really fast it's very repetitive because they sing the chorus quite a few times in that short amount of time i mean there's nothing wrong with how i mean his voice sounds great music sounds good it's just for them there's just nothing to the song it feels like one that they wrote in 10 minutes 
And they're like, yeah, we'll put it out. So I'm going to say spam hurts me to say it, but that's my thoughts. How about you, Nate? Okay, so I'm going to divide this up. If I was going strictly by the music, probably say spam. But for the lyrics, even though I think, same with the instrumentals kind of, I think the verses are pretty solid and the chorus is initially it feels kind of weak. But overall, I just think this idea of connection and like, it, I think it's kind of a play on words on like, like a Wi-Fi connection or whatever, mm-hmm. even though he's not being like explicit saying that just like how, even though it would seem like he's so connected and has such a good life by how many, how much money they've made and how many fans they have and how popular they are that like, he's still like lonely and still lacks a true connection. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just my comparison, we're living in a world that's quote unquote connected, but how many people truly truly are connected with one another. So I thought it was at least it had substance lyrically, even if it was kind of cliche or kind of not extremely creative. So I'm like really torn. And I guess I'll just say jam because I'm not quite as big of a One Republic fan as you. However, I still think it's of the radio hits One Republic has had. I think it's one of the weaker ones. So I I agree with you, but who cares? These results don't really matter. Just (laughs) listen to the songs and let us know if you like them too. So welcome to Chime In. It's uh, usually our second slash third segment, depending on how you view Mike Jack. But regardless, Chime In is an awesome time to talk about topics related to do with music. And we're going to talk about lyrics today. Honestly, we don't have that much of a, an agenda. We're just going to go into this and see what happens. I mean, lyrics are such a broad topic in uh, the realm of music that I think for one of our first podcasts, it's a good idea just to throw some thoughts out there. And as we move on, we can talk more in depth about specific lyric uh, topics and themes and ideas. So hope you enjoy this and look out in the future for more specific topics about lyrics. But Andrew, overall with lyrics, just like how important are they to you when it comes to music? Mm -hmm. I think through our friendship, you have helped me understand how important they are. So I'm going to say very important. I think in episode one, we talked kind of about your strengths versus my strengths when it comes to music. And I tend to basically, if it sounds cool, if I know that musically they're playing something awesome, whatever that is, I just enjoy the song. But then you would always show me, oh yeah, this song's cool because they're saying this here and this is maybe a metaphor for this or whatever it is. And open my eyes up much more to lyrics than I would have thought were important, I guess, for music. Lyrics are really important to me and I think to music in general. If you can make music that sounds good musically, but then if you have something of substance lyrically, that's my favorite music. Something that speaks from just a musical and a lyrical standpoint. How about you, Nate? So I would say I, coming into being a music listener, I kind of viewed music as the way to communicate a certain idea or a certain message that is within the lyrics so kind of like music is just the transportation and the vessel that the lyrics use to be communicated to people actually i'm gonna say on the flip side i actually have found so i think lyrics are extremely important like you said andrew but just like you have grown to find more importance in lyrics 
where you are more strictly instrumentally focused. I've actually also learned now that lyrics are actually there to support the music Mm. as well. Music itself and just songs can tell a story without words and lyrics are there also to enhance that story that's being told and create a little bit more clear imagery to the music and stuff and i just noticed that it's just a really relational thing lyrics and and the music and it's just a really cool interaction but lyrics are very important to me like you said andrew i don't find myself listening to a lot of music that I don't like the lyrics. I know how you would probably say, like you said earlier, that you used to listen to music and the lyrics weren't really a thought. For me, lyrics are always something I pay attention to. And it's interesting, too. And this is often the maturity of the music sheds light to the maturity of the lyrics. So like, I feel like I can listen to a song and not know what they're saying, but like guess that the lyrics are have depth and meaning based off of how intricate and beautiful the music is. And I think a lot of the times too, the flip can be said. If you have great lyrics, a lot of the times the music is good both because of that relationship, they benefit one another, but also just like I think good the really good artists do both well, which is why I think they're that relationship. But overall with lyrics, Andrew, what makes good lyrics for you? So lyrics are important, but like how do you know what, what lyrics you like, what you don't like, what's good, what's bad in your eyes? Something I haven't heard before is always nice. In the end, everything's being repeated at this point. Really yeah, I've just heard uh, someone said no one's writing new songs. They're just rewriting old songs. And I think the same thing lyrically can be said that no one's really writing maybe new ideas they're just repackaging old ideas and i think if you do that well so metaphors are huge because maybe that just helps you view something that you're aware of but under a different light maybe harping on one word or one phrase more than someone did in another song just being creative really like viewing it as part of the creative process if i can tell that someone sat down and was spending just maybe hours and hours for one song lyrically if i can tell that through the the lyrics and how they're put together i know that they care about their craft and they care about the end result and how it fits into the music i think using poetry can be really nice rhyming schemes are really good as well but i think in general It doesn't matter how you do lyrics to me as much as just making sure that they're honest, whether about yourself or about someone else. They're just honest lyrics. They're accessible enough that someone can understand, but they're complex enough that it's not the same lyrics I've heard again and again. Yeah, those are... I feel like you took all my points, so I have nothing to say about that. But I really want to piggyback on what you said about honesty. I think that's definitely one of the most important things about lyrics for me is like, and this is one of the most difficult things to tell too, to judge whether somebody's being honest or not. But with lyrics, it's like you have the opportunity to share something about your life or about you can share somebody else's story too. You can write about like a fictional person or you can write a song that actually has nothing real about it. But 
if it like truly reflects what's in your heart and what you're thinking about and how you feel, I feel like naturally other people are going to relate to it. Because just like you said, how nobody's writing new songs, I would also argue somebody's feeling how you feel. And so if you can just write that down, how you feel, there's going to be somebody who can relate to it. You don't have to like try to be relatable like somebody else is going through the same stuff you're going through. And if you just share that, that's what can be the most effective and it's the most genuine in my mind. So, Nate, now that we've talked about kind of what makes lyrics good for you, are there any specific lyric styles that you like? Yeah. So I think there's like tons of different ways that people can write. I'll mention one or two, but I might add a third. It depends whether the first two I say make any sense whatsoever. One lyric style I really like is like extremely poetic and extremely vivid storytelling. So bands like Me Without You, La Dispute, Levi the Poet, Touche Amore. These guys are usually either more spoken word slash like speaking, screaming bands, which is really conducive to the style of lyrics because you're really able to be flexible with the tempo and the cadences and everything because it's less focused on just a straight up melody and having the words like perfectly align. It can be just a lot of creativity can go into that. So I also like those musical styles, which is why I think I like these lyrics as well. But what's cool about them is they really paint a picture. Like, I feel like sometimes you have lyrics that you get half of a picture or a quarter of a picture. You kind of know what they're saying. It's like, or it's extremely general and you're like, oh, I can relate to that. I've been sad before, but these are just like extremely specific and like really cool stories that are just interesting to hear. And I just find them very intriguing. Also, I really like kind of like the Sufjan Stevens, Bonnie Vare. And I mean, these guys aren't exactly the same, but how some of the lyrics will feel extremely random. And yet the imagery is very specific, very weird. And yet there's always this like underlying theme or thought that really makes you feel connected to it. It's not random. But it's like also very, so ambiguous that you can like really make your own meaning out of it. Like, I think that's so true with Bonnie Vera, especially. It's like, I have no idea what he's saying, but like, I feel like I can re- relate to it. And like, I don't know. It's it just, but it's not like after the first listen, you're just like, what the heck did he just say? But as time goes on, you're able to really like grow your own thoughts on what he means and also just make up your own meanings based off of life experiences and stuff. So, yeah, those two styles of writing are the ones that I would say grab me the most when it comes to lyrical styles. But there's definitely tons of styles I find fascinating and stuff. So, Andrew, what's one of your favorite lyricists? Or you can list multiple if you'd like. Yeah, there's one that stands out. I do like so many lyricists, but there's one that I do always say if someone asks who's my favorite lyricist, and that's Dustin Kensrue from Thrice. He also has his own solo stuff, but Thrice for a long time has been one of my favorite bands. And when I started to dive into the lyrics more, I realized that the lyrics are probably even more intricate than the most intricate instrument that they have Mm -hmm. in their music. In fact, I think that I would not be surprised if a lot of their songs lyrically, he might start 
start with an idea and they might actually build the music around the lyrics instead of the other way just because of how intricate the lyrics are. He uses a lot of metaphors. He uses a lot of poetic ideas, not as much into rhyming schemes as some other people would be, but it's always an idea that's really complex and it's always said in such a unique way. I, I can always get something out of his lyrics. I just love his lyrical style. Whatever that is, that's what I like. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that is, that's a style I listen to. Yes. Front style. Do you have a favorite lyricist? Andrew, it's just I feel like you just know the answer. And so I don't want to be like, my favorite of this is this, and my favorite of this is this, and just my favorite of everything is this one band, but it just really is, and it's from Indian Lakes. You know, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just how it's going to be. I think Joey is one of the best lyricists in the game, and he's my favorite. He's able to be so vulnerable and so self-deprecating in a way which is so beautiful and relatable and transparent. And he's somebody who really searches in his lyrics. I feel like that's something that I really admire. People who search for beauty and love and good things, and yet they write about like areas and avenues where they haven't been able to find it or have been let down or have lost hope and he just is such a good lyricist please check him out he's the bomb.com that's where you can find the his lyrics the bomb.com look it up quote it quote me on that but yeah he's just so good so if we ever talk about who's my favorite musician who's my favorite guitar player who's my favorite drum player who's i'm probably just gonna keep saying joey for everything so whatever Welcome to our next segment. This segment is top three, and today we decided to talk about our top three underrated artists. Now, this whole podcast is intended to talk about underrated artists, Ooh, and yeah. so, <laughs> <laughs> so today's artists, as well as any other artists that we're going to cover, would be a part of these lists or could be a part of these lists. So Animal Flag, the artist that we're doing today, extremely underrated could even be the most underrated band depending how you look at it but our list we're going to try and for the most part touch on different bands that we haven't covered we might cover them in the future but these are just talking about our top three underrated artists so nate what's your number three so my number three band for most underrated is we are the city Andrew, do you know We Are The City? Um, not that well, <laughs> which proves your point that they're underrated. <laughs> or they just suck and nobody knows them because they suck. But no, they are an underrated band. I'm pretty sure they're a Canadian band and they're signed on Tooth & Nail, actually. They are just weird, poppy, alternative rock music. And they're just weird, but they're also like very... They're very pretty and very beautiful in their beautiful moments. But mm -hmm. they already have two albums. I mean, I think they have another EP, but the, really the two albums I listen and like by them are Violent and Above Club. And uh, they're just really good, solid albums. And one thing before we continue, the bands that I chose for my list, they had to have released two albums already. 
Mm. And now Andrew's rules might be different, but my rules were that they had to release two albums just because I feel like sometimes there's a lot of bands that I like that are underrated that have only released one album, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really like give them a full chance mm-hmm. to kind of blow up. And I feel like once you've released two albums, you kind of put yourself out there enough where if you haven't blown up already, it's like something's wrong. So yeah. that's just some of my uh, my rules for my list. But Andrew, what's your third uh, most underrated band? Well, my rule was that they had to have three albums because I just feel like after two albums, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I ordered my artists in the way that made most sense to me, which is actually taking this question very literally. So I came up with my three that I personally feel are the most underrated. And then I went on Facebook and I ordered the amount of Facebook likes. So this first very underrated band has the most Facebook likes. And as I get down to one, it'll be the least Facebook likes. So that's kind of just how I ordered things. They're all underrated. I just couldn't figure out how to order them. So I took it literally. So my number three artist is Andrew Bell. Mm, Uh, We both really like Andrew Bell. We've both seen him in concert. One of just the best concerts in general, just music feels and styles out there. He is fairly poppy. He's like electronic pop. It's hard to kind of nail down his style, but he's also, in my opinion, one of the hardest artists to not like. I feel like if you listen to Andrew Bell, at some point you're going to like him. You just got to give him a shot. So check him out. He's awesome. Extremely underrated. When I saw him, he was opening for Matt Carney, who also underrated currently. But the fact that Andrew Bell is opening for people is just not right to me. (laughs) I feel like he should always be the headliner. He's incredible. And so that's my number three. So, Andrew, I have a question mm-hmm. for you. And because, pro- again, probably our wives are the only ones listening to this, they'll find this question interesting. Are you more, if you had to pick, of a dive deep person or of a black bear person? Dive deep is my favorite. It's kind of a bold choice, I guess. But I just, there are certain songs on black bear that I think select songs on black bear are better than almost any song on dive deep. But I think Dive Deep as a whole album, there are zero bad songs. This is probably recency bias more than anything. But I think one thing that makes me enjoy Dive Deep more is actually just the progression from Black Bear. And it's not actually saying that it's a better progression. It's just the fact that he was still able to mature and that the albums don't sound the exact same, that they are different enough even though he keeps his general style they're different enough so that's basically the hardest question that's like saying do you like bacon or do you like waffles and i'm like i like them both that was the worst analogy that didn't help anybody understand what you're trying to let me let me try and find a better (laughs) one and then i'll cut this out and act like i'm smart (laughs) it's okay both albums are good that's all that matters so my second I'm actually not quite sure how to pronounce their name. I'm because I've never heard anybody else say their name before. But Artifacts Perio, which is a another tooth and nail band, 
which is there's kind of a theme here. Their two records, Time and Place and then Passengers, are just like really cool, interesting rock music. They're another band that's weird for their own reasons. Their vocalist has this like very high, pure voice and their music is just like all over the place and he'll like scream sometimes. But overall, it's just very pretty and complex and intricate. I just feel like this is a band that there's a genre kind of like artifacts perio the whole like circa survive and that type of genre and like look circa survives great but i feel like artifacts perio holds their own against any of those bands and yet all those bands are like way more famous than artifacts and it just like sucks because i feel like you know they deserve to be there they're a wicked sick band so that's my number two what about you andrew what's your number two well, you're going to hate me for this choice. Um, the okay, I'm reason ready to being, hate you. so, so just a little context. I've been trying to get Nate into this band and it just doesn't seem like it's working, but okay, I'm, I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying the best I can to get him into this band. My number two band is from Indian Lakes. Oh, <laughs> there you go. sorry. I messed with you. Um, Nate loves this band. They yep. are extremely underrated. I didn't even realize how underrated they were until I saw all their facebook likes and comparatively andrew bell is underrated and they have almost half the likes that andrew bell does which is just it's criminal it doesn't oh, it i just don't understand it from indian lakes is one of if not nate will probably say the best yeah. band yep. actually currently happening no doubts <laughs> no doubts from Nate. So I don't even need to give more context. We're probably going to mention from Indian Lakes every single week. So if <laughs> if you're going to keep listening to the podcast, please start liking them. Otherwise, you're yes. going to hate our podcast. You're going to be bored and think we yeah. suck. So that's my number two. No more talking about it. Nate, what's your number one? To be fair, I, I thought about from Indian Lakes, obviously, and I do think they're the most underrated bands. But I chose bands intentionally that were less popular than from Indian lakes mm -hmm. just so I wouldn't have to talk about from Indian lakes at every segment. <laughs> and then you ended up making me talk about them anyways. So whatever, here we are. You made me but listen to country music. I, you know, you're right. It's on me. Um, my most underrated band is actually Polyenzo. And so they are, a offshoot of the band Oceana, which was a like metalcore screamo band back in the day. And they were just like, hey, let's stop making metal and let's start making this like sexy alternative rock. And I was just like, yeah, I'm down for that. And they have two albums out. Uh, the first is called One Big Particular Loop and the second is called pure in the plastic and i think they're working on a third record right now they just changed all their facebook photos and stuff their like profile picture in their cover photo which is a lot of the times a sign that they'll be releasing or mentioning new music soon but this band is just like so groovy so intricate so beautiful they're one of those bands that like a lot of my favorite artists are huge fans of polyenzo and i think that's for a reason just because they're just so sick and so underrated criminally underrated so please check out polyenzo andrew what's your number one my number one is Paper Route. I think Paper Route is extremely underrated there. I mean, all three of these are some of my favorite bands. Um, Paper Route, I've seen them live a few times, and every time I see them, I feel like they only get better live. Last time I saw them, it was in Philly at the Milk Boy, which is a tiny venue above this bar. That's a great name. 
It is a great name. There was probably a hundred people there, maybe. And that's crazy. It was tiny. We were right up at the front of the stage. It was so small that they didn't have a backstage area. So the band on their way to the stage literally walked through the crowd with everyone cheering for them on their way up. (laughs) And when bands had to change out in between, they literally were carrying like drums and stuff through the crowd. It it must have been a technical nightmare to pull off. Like it's uh-huh. just not, it's a cool intimate venue, but it also sucks like so yeah. much. I would hate playing there. There's just nothing nice about it. And the fact that they're playing venues like that is just, bananas. it's bananas. They're making incredible music in fact, a lot of them are a part of different projects in Nashville, different bands, different side things that they do. But when they come together and when they make paper out music, it's magical. They have a few albums out. Every album sounds vastly different than other albums just because they keep maturing and progressing in different ways. But at the same time, they still have their unique style that you can still hear throughout every album. And they're one of the best bands out there. So check them out. Hey everybody, before we get into the listening session, I just want to let you all know that we recorded this podcast in 2018, and right after we recorded it, I actually found out that Animal Flag as a band is dissolving, and it's essentially just becoming Matt, who's their original member, and Animal Flag was a moniker of all the solo stuff before the band came together and became a rock band. And I don't know what the future holds for Animal Flag, I'm just going to be patient in the meantime and be thankful for all the beautiful music that they've made so far and enjoy it and soak it up and whenever matt does come out with new music under animal flag if he does i'm gonna be really excited because i think he brings so much to the table as a lyricist and also as a musician he's just a very special artist and i'm so thankful for his music cathedrals on animal flag's first album is one of my favorite songs ever And I'm just so grateful for this band. And though it's sad to see the band dissolve, it's so cool to see the potential of some sort of new life and new birth. And I have no idea what it's going to look like. I'm not even sure if Matt knows what it's going to look like. But you can also follow him on Instagram. He has a solo ambient record out called Eight Emanations. And his Instagram is Matthew, P-O-L-I-T-O-S-K-I. And look him up, listen to his instrumental record. It's an awesome ambient record and very different from Animal Flag stuff, but just continue to support him and whatever he does because he's an incredible musician who deserves your time. It's time to get psyched, everybody. We got our album listening party here. We got Animal Flag, Void Ripper. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. Get those headphones out. No more listening through your computer speakers. If you got surround sound, you better plug that amp in. I mean, the house next door better be complaining. They better be calling the cops or your earbuds better be 
sore afterwards and ringing for the next three weeks because you've just been jamming these your headphones so badly anyways we got animal flag if you don't have this album you better order that vinyl you better buy that cd you better stream that apple music get that spotify app up if you have to use youtube use youtube whatever way you got to listen to it find a way So Animal Flag is a local Boston band, my hometown, and I was told about them by my friend Kevin. I was told about them, I believe, when they had their first two EPs out. And their first two EPs, they re-recorded and combined them, the track listing, to make their first album called LP. So they had EP, EP2, and then LP. And... After LP, which was released in 2014, I believe, and 2016, I believe. And then uh, Void Ripper was released in 2018. It's nine tracks, and we're just really excited to listen to these tracks together. Animal Flag has become one of my favorite bands. They're a really good rock band. And yeah, just get psyched. Bring up the genius lyrics so you can read along as you listen and just indulge in this experience just dive in head first you know we're a shallow swimming pool here okay andrew are you ready yeah i'm ready let's dive in i don't have half the intensity that you just carried and i was dying and trying not to just laugh straight into my mic that whole time <laughs> so i mean your intensity will grow with each track I okay can guarantee that. okay so let's do get it ready prepare yourself prepare your body mind and soul First track, Morning Star, kind of an intro track. Let's get it. star not even really a song but still i Mm want to know what your thoughts are yeah not a song i'm going to call it a track i think it's a great beginning track it kind of sets up the cd really well just with kind of a pulled back start to the album guitar background kind of atmospheric pads or really nice vocals perfect start to this album nate what were your thoughts Yeah, I think the lyrics definitely introduce uh, a lot of themes that will be talked about throughout the album. Musically, it's this really soft intro, and I like that because it really helps you get your face blown off with the second track. So Void Ripper, let's listen to that second track and get our faces blown off. Void Ripper. Yeah, it's always interesting to have the title track right away, basically, that first track being very different. So this is kind of the first song on the album. I love it. The only thing I would say, and this is kind of a personal preference, so don't read too much into this. The only thing that I wish musically that they did a little different, I actually wish they hadn't started as soft and they started right at the hard part i know that's just myself but coming out of that soft song i would have liked it to just hit hard right away where it starts with the drums right away and then it kind of comes in really huge i love 
how big it sounds heavy and raw i love there's whispers behind the vocals in the verse i love that i think lyrically it's fairly bare bones there's not too many lyrics and you'll notice that theme as it goes on he doesn't he doesn't pack in lyrics too tightly there's a lot of instrumental portions this song specifically reminds me of brand new i'm not sure if people are decided on whether they're gonna keep listening to brand new or not but uh, in general (laughs) that's a whole different podcast it does remind me of kind of brand new and a song that they would kind of create a little bit more a little heavier maybe than brand new but it's really cool at the end there's some speaking in a different language as well which is really cool and that's also kind of becomes a theme of this album as well so nate go ahead and what are your thoughts so i really like the transition from morning star to void ripper i know we probably disagree on this i like the sounds like an electric drum beat to like start off the track and maybe it's not electric maybe it's just the drums but i really like the simple drum beat and then how it just like that heavy riff comes in and it's just really sick i saw them at a show recently and they opened with these two tracks like morning star and then void ripper and i just like how heavy void ripper comes in i also have written down in my notes the whole whisper vocals creepiness in the first two verses or whatever and it's just a really sick part i think i listened to the song like or the album like probably like eight or nine times before i realized that and i was like that's creepy especially because i didn't notice it it became creepy it's like where'd you come from you scary again do you Um, think it would have been so much weirder though nate you could have just been like what what whisper (laughs) vocals like and you just act like i'm crazy hearing these whisper vocals that that are not there hilarious i should have done that Uh, or i should have that would have been hilarious (laughs) and then i think lyrically this is also another good introduction to what they'll be talking about throughout the album i mean this song touches on brokenness suffering fairness death i mean it talks about a lot of different things even though there's very little lyrics and that's what's interesting too with this song the song structure is like weird there's like two verses and then a bridge kind of and lastly just the uh part at the end so i believe that's spanish i had to drop from spanish two to spanish one in high school because i was so bad and then i switched to latin so i mean don't be offended if you speak spanish and are like no duh this is spanish and i also think it's his mom actually who's quoting part of ecclesiastes three which is like there's a time to live a time to die a time to mourn a time to rejoice because i know i remembered the word tiempo which is time and i like heard that in the thing and then the next song candace like really is talking about that where he goes there's a time and place for everything anyways we'll talk about it later yeah let's just move in quickly to that next song candace So Andrew, Candice, what are your thoughts on this track? Yeah, I really like this track. Okay, so it sounds like two different bands to me. The 
guitar bends that they do throughout the song, there's a lot of them, sound like Switchfoot, almost from like Nothing Is Sound days. That's what it reminds me of. But I think the song in general actually reminds me a ton of a Foo Fighters type of sound. And I think that just speaks to their general style, which is raw and heavy. And just sticking with that throughout the song. Nate, what were your thoughts on the lyrics for this song? I think lyrically, this is like a very interesting song. I know I briefly mentioned Ecclesiastes 3 and the transition from Void Ripper to Candace and his mom quoting some of that. I think he's just wrestling with this idea of the world as it exists, like a time to live and a time to die. But like the sense that everybody dies and like everybody ends with suffering and everybody like no, even if things are good, they will soon be bad. And just like just really like wrestling with that idea. And I think that's really summarized in the last section where he says, it doesn't matter how you feel it doesn't matter what is real the best you can hope for anyone is a painless execution that's kind of just like sad but it's also like in a lot of situations like life is so bad that like you just hope or even if things are good like they're gonna get bad and i just think he's wrestling with that idea but overall musically i think the song's very aggressive i think the chorus is catchy. I also like how he mixes up the lyrics and from the first chorus to the second chorus. And very vivid imagery in the song. The name Candace, I think, is the name of the girl in Canada who uh, froze to death in that shed. And like, I think you could probably look up. I didn't look up the story on online. I need to do that. But just for some context about the name. The next song we have is Stray. So, Andrew, Stray, what are your thoughts? I really do like the lyrical metaphors that he's using the song. To me, how I took it was a stray dog trying to just find purpose. I'm wondering if it's better kind of to be free or to have comfort, kind of the back and forth of being a stray. Musically, this is my favorite so far. They change it up musically with every song. The mm-hmm. song structure and where maybe a normal instrumental would come in, it doesn't. And then they'll like throw in an instrumental randomly in between a verse and a chorus or something like that. They do a cool job changing normal song structures, which I enjoy. The vocal Vocals seem to push themselves kind of harder in this song. His raspy voice and the unique melody that he chooses for the song is really cool. Nate, what were your thoughts on this song? Musically, this is actually, and I mean, this isn't saying much uh, because this album's so good and I like this song, but this is one of my least favorite songs. Mm -hmm. I think it starts off like that beginning intro is like really catchy, really cool. And I think I like the song until it gets to the chorus. I was talking to my friend Kevin who showed me this band and he was saying that they change key into the chorus and that's why it kind of and I, I know you can change keys and make it sound cool even though it's unusual to do but to me I just don't think it was an effective use of that it made 
And I think it might just be partially like expectations, which is what you were saying, how like you expect one thing and you get another. And maybe like my mind was saying, oh, the chorus should sound like this. And it sounded different. But overall, I'm still not a big fan of that. And I, I agree with you. I like the metaphor in this song. One of my favorite film directors is Wes Anderson. He's made Grand Budapest Hotel and um, a lot of different movies. But my favorite movies of his, what some of my favorites are the claymation he does. And Fantastic Mr. Fox is one of my favorite movies. And then Isle of Dogs, which just came out. And the story is very dog focused and dog related. And one of the main dogs is a stray dog. It was interesting, like comparing like the feelings and sentiments of this dog who could talk in this movie to like, the lyrics of this song and just like how that relates to like our relationship with God and like does he abandon us does he reject us does he give and take away and in the way that Matthew is writing these lyrics so Matt does a really good job with the imagery and it's just something to wrestle with for sure so the next song is fair Okay, Andrew, fair. What's your take? I think musically it's the most positive the album Mm. sounded, especially at the beginning. It does change musically a whole lot, though. So going into the bridge, the music changes a ton. It really gives the song a really good break from kind of where it had been. Then when it comes in again, it's super hard and it sounds awesome. Only thought, and and I'm going to give another thought, for this that's completely just a personal thought for this um and you'll probably disagree like for void (laughs) ripper as well i actually wish that the song placement was different that's the only thing Hmm. i actually really like at least musically where this song would end the album Mm-hmm. I really think that how it comes in, it's so hard, and then it kind of does a longer kind of trail off at the end. It reminds me of Finn by Amberlynn at the end, which is probably why I feel like it would be a great ending track. But just musically, I love the progression. I feel like it's actually, it works perfect as, as a closing song. That being said, when we get into the next song, it also does lead into the next song well. So yeah. I do really like it if it were a closing track, But I think as the album structure, how they have it, they have chosen a good place for it if it wasn't going to be their closing song because it does lead into the next song extremely Mm -hmm. well. So that's my thought. Nate, what were your thoughts on Fair? Yeah, so just with the track placement, I agree and disagree kind of like you agree and disagree with your yourself there kind of a little bit the only reason why i disagree mainly is just because the last track five which we'll listen to and talk about is like so different and unique Mm -hmm. compared to the other tracks that sure fair would be an awesome last song but it's like i don't think five would work on 
anywhere else on the album right. besides the last track. Yep. And so I think Fair is a more versatile song in that sense. And then lyrically, it would be very fitting too, where the last lyrics are, don't worry, life is short. It always ends. It always ends, always ends, always ends. And then the album ends and yeah. you're like, ah, I mean, that would have been really sick, but I just yeah. think five, it just doesn't work. Yeah. I agree with you musically. So cool. They change up so much stuff. I think the line that grabs me the most is close your eyes and count to 10 hold your breath just to pretend that you are dead do you feel close to god yet well don't worry life is short it always ends and that line do you feel close to god yet well don't worry life is short it always ends like the sense of like in life a lot of us feel like we're or a lot of people feel like they're suffering and want to feel close to god and i think what he's arguing here and i mean i think he's arguing a lot of stuff about how life's not fair and maybe god is the reason because of it but what i take from the lyrics is like if you're struggling and suffering now like even though life will end like new life will begin um at the end of it and god will make everything right and restore everything and heal everything and i don't think that's exactly what he was trying to communicate in that specific part but that's what i take from it and i think it's like a really cool message in a song that's not necessarily positive so the next track we have is lord of pain Okay, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Lord of Pain? The first thing that strikes you in a song that's stripped down like this has to be the lyrics. And so I just like the open and honest lyrics. I think everything works together in the song. My favorite parts are actually the ooze that they have throughout the song. I think they sound really nice. It kind of breaks up the lyrics and the music a little bit. Um, I love it. The raw acoustic and vocals talking going back to fair and how it kind of felt like it ended this almost feels like they're starting a new idea here just musically it feels like it's almost a fresh start which to me almost breaks the album up in two parts just from it started with really chill it got really loud and then we're back to more of a stripped down song and and i really like the song i think it fits the album and the placement of the song is good as well so i don't know if like lyrically this is what he's trying to say i think a lot of the times on this album it seems like he's really mad at god i mean i think that's pretty obvious and just like just frustrated but i think this helps put into context that i think his pleas are like really like genuine he just like really wants an answer like i think some albums that talk about god and kind of like rip on god are just like god you suck like you're awful you do all this bad stuff like what the heck but this album I think he has these gripes and he has these problems and he has these issues, but he's coming from a place of like truly like yearning for answers and yearning to make sense of it. And it doesn't feel like he's just like pissed and just wants to like vent his frustration. And there's a time and place for that. But like, I just really appreciate his approach lyrically. And I think, and this is the way I interpret it, but he starts and ends the song off by saying, Lord of pain, come hear my prayer. Everything you do seems unfair. You know, I don't, you know. And it's like, I think he's talking about like, 
God, everything you do seems unfair, but like, you know what is fair. I don't. And just like, help me make sense of this. And I just think that's a very humble position to be in. And maybe that's not what he's saying, but I really appreciate his sentiment in that. And I think musically, this song definitely like, I think it's beautiful. I like the ooze, like you said. And um, I wonder, though, how it would have looked not stripped down, because I think it would work as a heavy track. But I think what he would lose is and this is what you mentioned is your first focus is the lyrics with the way this song is positioned and so i like that so i think it has its place it's just tough on an album of nine songs and of those nine songs there's really only eight songs because of morning star and then this song is kind of like an acoustic and so there's it's just like on an album this short i want everything and so it's just really tough so the next track is i can hear you laugh feel free to listen along with us What are your thoughts on I Can Hear You Laugh? Yeah, another, it kind of, coming out of the last song, it starts quiet at the beginning, and then it hits super hard out of the first verse, which I I appreciate. It kind of brings you back into the intensity that the album can carry, uh, both lyrically and musically. From the lyrics, it's kind of looking back um, at a relationship, kind of realizing it wouldn't have worked anyway, but also seeing all the lies and both being glad that you're not in it, but still reflecting on it and basically like, okay, I'm going to not even like worry about it anymore. That's what I took from it. Uh, Nate, what were your thoughts? It's interesting. You mentioned a relationship. I never thought of it that way, but I can see why you think of it that way. Cause it's very, well, I mean, obviously I thought of it as his relationship with God, but from a actually like human relationship, whether a friendship or a, it sounds more like a dating type of relationship, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the line that is most interesting to me, regardless of which one it is, whether it's what you think or what I had thought, it's the bridge. I'll read the whole thing just because it's so interesting. I can hear you laugh in the back of the room. Wonder if you take me back if I begged for you. Another pillar of salt. Or an empty tomb, but you never let me choose. And so the pillar of salt is like symbolic of Lot's wife when she looked back at uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and how God said, hey, don't look back. And she did. And she turned into a pillar of salt. And then an empty tomb, I'm assuming, is like Jesus or even Lazarus, just somebody being raised from the dead. And when the angels say, like, why are you looking for the dead among the living or whatever they say? And just like this idea of like, how does that imagery like relate with this whole idea of like being taken back or looking back or reflecting back on a relationship? And I don't know. I just think it's the biblical imagery is interesting and I don't know exactly what I think of it or how to make sense of it, but it definitely leaves you something to chew on, which I think some of the best songs take just forever to work through and maybe you'll never come out with a meaning you're happy with, but like they definitely provide great imagery to use. The next track, which was the first single released from the album is why. So feel free to listen along. Now you're a speck of dust 
So, Andrew, why is the type of song that seems primed for a very easy, low-hanging fruit of a pun? But I don't know why I think we'd make a joke like that. What are your thoughts on why? (laughs) I guess you want to know why I like it. (laughs) Yeah, why do you like it? The song, I actually don't have too much for the song. I like the vocals in the song. That's my favorite part. I think the raspy and passionate it kind of continues the musical progression of the album i like the song it's not my favorite musically but it's right on par with the rest as well so yeah i don't have much else to add nate what were your thoughts this is not the especially when you've listened to all nine of the tracks this is not the song you'd expect for the single like void ripper fair candace I mean, even I can hear you laugh. They just like are a little bit more conducive for a single. But I really like the song from the second it came out. I think the lyrics are very interesting. Just making you feel insignificant and like a mistake. That's kind of how you feel, especially from like the parent imagery. Just like you really feel like a mistake. Just like laughing at like, why am I here? Like, I think that's really the overall sentiment like what's the point of this life are we all just mistakes like floating around making more mistakes and so so yeah just overall i think this is a great track very interesting different musically and provides cool context and your part about his voice too i think his voice does carry the song on this on this track so the last song track number nine we have five Andrew, what are your thoughts on five? Musically, especially at the beginning, it sounds very hopeful, uh, very positive. Once again, it changes a ton. Musically, later in the song, about halfway through the song, it changes, kind of quiets down. There's this muted bass that's kind of plucking away and has just a whole different feel. It really feels like it's two songs in one, but I love how it kind of quiets down to that part. And as it's going, and as there's a couple more lyrics to the song and then mostly instrumental, it kind of it then quiets down again and then escalates immensely into kind of madness towards the end. Again, you hear um, his mom kind of speaking in the other language and ending with amen. It's kind of a cool wrap up to the song. You're right. Uh, the song wouldn't fit anywhere else. The only place for it to fit would be the very end of the album. So if you were to move fair here, you'd almost have to cut the song completely. But I think it's a great song. So I'm glad that they didn't cut it. What were your thoughts, Nate? I think this is definitely one of the most vulnerable songs on the album. I just feel like he really is pouring his heart out. In the second verse, he says, Why did you make us at all to suffer and revolt? And can you call us your own? Do you make us whole? Those lines just like, bam, like knife to the heart. Dang, that's like really just raw and really beautiful and just like really yearning to find an answer 
to life and to make sense of God's relationship with us. I just think it's a really cool way to end the song. And also just this imagery of like the five senses and how they can kind of like screw us over. Are we deceived by the way we experience things? Are we deceived by our senses, what we see, what we hear? And like, are those in actuality what's happening? And are we actually able to make sense of life based off of our senses and our flawed senses? I don't know. I just think it really provides cool context. And like you said, is a really cool way to wrap up the album from a music standpoint. It's really weird. Like the first time I heard this song, I was just like, what was that? But it's like so cool, so interesting. And I love that track. So we have finished with Animal Flags, Void Ripper. Before we get into our ratings, Andrew, I'm curious, if you had to pick a favorite track, what would you say is your favorite track? I think Fair is my personal favorite. I think the progression of the song musically is amazing. There's literally nothing wrong with that track. Nate, what's your favorite? I'm tempted to say Void Ripper to disagree with you, but I have to agree with you. I think that's fair for all the reasons you mentioned. It showcases the best of the band in every sense. It showcases why they're good lyrically, why they're good musically, their song structure, vocally, the really soft and vulnerable part of the song, which is cool. And then there's these parts where heavy and he's belting it out. And it's just a great song, like such a great song. So I'm just going to agree with you because screw it. For our ratings, just to go over the ratings real quick, we have instrumentation, vocals, lyrics, journey, which is basically the flow, consistency, length, and then we have the album artwork. So, Andrew, what would you give the instrumentation? I'm giving that an eight and a half. I think it's really good. It's super complex. I do love that they change up song structures. I don't know if that goes under flow, consistency, length, where song structure fits, but I put it under instrumentation just because those are the things that are kind of changing the most for the structure. So gave a little bit more for that. I I just think it's musically incredibly in-depth. It's unique. I know I pointed out a couple bands that I thought it sounded like, but also the bands that I pointed out were extremely different bands. There's no track that I heard and I felt like they were trying to be someone else. They know who they are and they do it extremely well. Nate, what did you give them for instrumentation? So I gave them a 9.5 for instrumentation. So the reason why I gave them a 9.5 was for a lot of the reasons you mentioned them. I also think just like subjectively, this is my one of my favorite styles of music and they're just one of the best bands that do it that like heavy rock with extremely sick instrumental parts and like really good song structure and just like they always keep it interesting and i mean i'm just like blown away by nearly every track they release i mean i know we're not rating the last album but from the last album to this album they don't have a single bad song they're just instrumentally just so on point and i just love them instrumentally so next vocals andrew what are your thoughts on vocals vocals i gave them an eight he's an extremely strong vocalist especially for this style he knows the exact style his voice gets raspy when it needs to it gets really clean and crisp when it needs to as well one thing and i think this this probably speaks to more of the production of it sometimes his vocals do get covered over a little bit by the music and they probably could have actually pushed 
his vocals a little bit more, but it kind of fits their style, that rawness, that sometimes the music's almost just overpowering the vocals, and I love that. But that's probably the only detractor I would give it, and it's not actually on him, it's just actually more the mixing of the vocals that I would have liked at times for it to be a little louder. What did you give it, Nate? So I gave it a nine. Again, I'd agree with everything you said. I didn't take the production into account with the vocals, which is probably, so we're on the same page, I would argue, when it comes to that. And it's totally fine that you took the production because that makes sense. Yeah, I just think he's a wicked solid vocalist. The reason why I wouldn't say like 9.5 is just like he doesn't have that like little bit extra that makes him like untouchable. It's like, to me, he's like in the top tier, one of the best vocalists in the genre. But I don't like look at him and say, oh, yeah, no doubt he's the best or he's like just so far above everybody else. But I mean, his cleans are good when he wants to yell a little bit. It's good. Like you said, when he wants to be raspy, I just think he's a very good vocalist. And I just like listening to him sing. He's just such a good vocalist. Lyrics, Andrew? Yeah, I gave them an 8.5. So I'm a little higher on the lyrics than I was vocals, but right with the instrumentation, I think the complexity of the lyrics, because I had a harder time distinguishing these lyrics from some others. There is a lot in the lyrics. And for Mm -hmm. as bare bones as they are, like they're usually, if you're looking at the lyrics, there's like three paragraphs for almost most of them. And so there's almost only three, maybe four sections of lyrics in the song. And I feel like he covers a wide range of emotions while also they were not cookie cutter lyrics at all. Again, like we talked about earlier, you can tell that he is thinking, I don't know if I understand what he was going for with every song because of how in-depth they are. But what I love about it is the more you dig, the more you'll understand. And I think the more I listen to the album, the more I listen to the lyrics, the more I'll be able to understand different things that he's trying to pull into each song. So I love the lyrics. I think they're great. How about you, Nate? I gave the lyrics a 9.5. I just think lyrically, I think the biggest strength of the band is their lyrics. And I think that's saying a lot with how much I like the instrumentation and the vocals. I just love his perspective. I love his honesty. I love how he doesn't hold back any punches. And yet, I mentioned this earlier, talking about some of the songs, I feel a genuine earnestness and desire to understand things. And he's just not out here to bash this or bash that. He's like searching for answers, searching for truth. And I can really appreciate that. And then, like you said, he's creative. He puts a lot of thought into them and he writes things in ways that help add a new perspective for me. Our next section is journey. What would you give the journey, Andrew? Well, so far, we've been consistently, you've been one point higher than me consistently. So we'll see if that continues. But I'm an eight and a half on this. I know I talked about song structure a little bit more as far as thinking that fair would be a great end track. I do fully agree that five only works at the end. So as much as I personally might look for different ways of maybe changing where the songs would actually fall on this album, I think as they have the songs falling, it's still perfect. So like Mm. you could change it and it might be the same or a little better, but it's not that they've made terrible mistakes by like fair's the obvious ending track and maybe five is not a good ending track like five is still a good ending track so i think the flow of the album and i'm gonna talk music and lyric flow of the entire album once again they know who they are they know every single song 
whether through the lyrics or through the instruments, seems to tie together. The weirdest they get is in five, that it kind of all of a sudden for a little time feels like they're just doing something completely different than they've done, and then they're back to what makes them them. And so I love that they change up what they're doing while still the whole album feels extremely cohesive. It's only nine songs, so the length is definitely not too long. If anything, it's on the shorter side, especially if you take into account Morningstar and Lord of Pain. But when the album ended, I think maybe because of the lyrics and how much there is to chew on, it didn't feel too short either, though. For me, I felt like it was a good good length as far as that goes. So, Nate, what was your thought? So for me, this is by far my lowest rated section. I'm going to give this a seven. The reason why, so first off, when we say journey, like I said, we say the flow of the album, the consistency of the album, and the length. The flow on this album is good. The consistency is good. But I have a problem with the length. It's not that the runtime is too short because like it's 36 minutes. So 36 minutes is like fine. It's substantial. And, you know, there's some really good albums with eight tracks. And I'll, I consider this an eight track album. And so it's like it's it's not even necessarily just that it's eight. But it's like I feel like these ideas are so strong and that the songs themselves are so strong that I deeply longed for a longer album and one that was able to elaborate on these ideas and thoughts just like a little bit more so that I could have an even deeper understanding of where he's coming from and a wider perspective. And I feel like that's for me what's keeping this album from my view of like awesome to just like absolutely incredible like i think this is such a good album but the length again it's not just the length it's like the ideas and wanting them to be like more elaborated on i just feel like the album's missing a little bit and so that's the biggest downfall for me on the album so last section we have album artwork andrew what are your thoughts on the album artwork i gave that an eight I think in the past, maybe I've been, I'm trying to not be so harsh on album <laughs> artwork uh, yeah. as I feel like I have been. I do actually think the album artwork's really good. If I was looking at the album artwork just itself, I would think that they're a metal band more yeah, than just, just harsh. So if anything, it makes you think that they're darker and heavier than they are, but they are still raw and heavy. So it's not like they sound like S. Carey and they're super quiet. That would be extremely bad for their look. I mean, the name void ripper as well would also kind of maybe sound like a metal album as well but it kind of fits the ideas of depression and even the like void kind of of a face uh on the album you don't see that i think there's just something unique about the album artwork i think it's Mm -hmm. very purposeful and i think when you know the album itself the album artwork is increased like you understand yeah, definitely it more. so at first i actually was going to be lower on this just because of those thoughts of oh it maybe doesn't represent their style as well as i felt like it could but when you listen to the album and you hear the lyrics and everything it actually worked really well for me so i gave mm-hmm. it an eight what were your thoughts nate so i gave it an eight and a half very close to you i love the imagery i love the ideas i also just thought about this now i wonder like i know his mom's on this album i wonder like his relationship with his mother if he ever like i don't know just like 
the fact that it's Mary and Jesus, I don't know, just like, I'm not saying he's making a direct comparison. I mean, I definitely don't think he is, but just like the whole mother son imagery. And then, yeah, I just like the red and I like the black, I like the darkness. I say though, what kind of is my least favorite part about the cover art is like how it's, I wouldn't say grainy, but it's like clearly worked on by a computer like in that top right corner it's like very um i don't even know what to call that like i don't have the right words like it feels like it could be a lot better done like this idea could have been executed even better i mean for me i just think it could be better but that being said i mean i really like it and i love the concepts and everything so my score is 43 and a half and Andrew's total score is 41 and a half, which gives us a total of 85, which will turn into an 8.5 out of 10 compared to other albums that we have had listening parties for. This is right smack dab in the middle. We had S. Carey's 100 Acres with a 9.3. This gets an 8.5. And now now's saved got a 7.4. And we love all of these albums, despite their ratings. They're all unique and awesome. And I think they really cover Andrew is saying this and I'm just going to steal it from him. They really cover a lot of the scope of the different types of albums that we'll be reviewing. So S. Carey is kind of that softer singer songwriter type of feel. We like that genre. Now Now is a bit more poppy combined with some alternative influences and stuff. And then Animal Flag is this just like straight up rock band and it really covers a lot of the scope of the bands we like. We also like indie bands as you can tell from Andrew's uh, list of Paper Route and From Indian Lakes. And there's just like a lot of different bands that we like. And we're just so excited to build up our list so that we can just offer you guys a lot of different musicians and bands and stuff. So thank you so much for listening to this album, listening with us. We're so happy and we are straight up ready for our encore. So welcome to the Encore. The Encore is basically where we give one last thought on anything. There's no stipulations. And then we'll also just let you know what we're doing for our next podcast and just help keep you in the loop. So my one last thought, I'll go before Andrew so Andrew can share about the album that we're doing next is I have a joke. It's not funny. I found it on a random joke website. And the joke is a boy asks his father, dad, are bugs good to eat? That's disgusting. Now don't talk about things like that over dinner. The dad replies after dinner. The father asks now, son, what did you want to ask me? Oh, nothing. The boy says there is a bug in your soup, but now it's gone. So there's a very stupid uh, joke for you. Which finds really funny. Andrew, what's your one last thought? Well, it uh, also goes. 
it also goes along with eating. So my final thought, it's actually more advice than a thought. It's just eat whatever you want. If someone calls you fat, eat them too. Nice. Helpful words of advice. It is. Cannibalism is how you stand up for yourself. Yep. We should be pushing for cannibalism in society. Cannibals have rights too. But only eat people if they call you fat. So basically you eat all the bullies. Yeah, it's yeah. it's proactive. Yeah, it is. And sooner or later there will be no bullies. Nate, how about you tell people where to find you? Yeah, sure. It's LDL Nate for Twitter. And Andrew, where can you be found on Twitter? LDL Andrew. And then on Instagram, we're LDL Pod. And our email is listening at gmail.com. You spell long distance listening uh, just like a normal person who understands how to spell would spell long distance listening. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Next week, we will be talking about the album Feels Like Air from the band Island. Fart Ripper. I wish I made that joke during the podcast. (laughs)